Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily. Available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Purple Daily on Score North on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app live from the TCL broadcast studios. Rami Makloff along with Alex Boone. We're also streaming live on Twitter, Twitch, and Facebook. And and Booney, there was a, a story that I thought was kind of crazy, but th- I feel like this might be one of those things that happens more often on the sidelines of NFL games or up in the booth of NFL games and we just don't hear about. So the Vikings come out of the second half down 20 to nothing with the up tempo and they drive 75 yards and and score in uh 3 minutes and 31 seconds. They went to the no huddle and this is from um oh shoot Chad I think this is Chad Graff's article. I'll make sure I have that right in a second. Said they went to a no huddle and called plays at the line of scrimmage with a position that offered initial hope. The only drawback to the plan is that Teams usually have a finite amount of plays for their two-minute drill, so using up nine of those plays on the opening drive of the second half left the Vikings in need of some tweaks. What that meant was backyard sandlot football. After burning through a whole package of two-minute drill plays, Stefanski got out a whiteboard and marker and started drawing brand-new plays from scratch. Have you ever seen this? I've seen it, but not so much in a two-minute situation. I mean, normally you'll see a guy like at halftime, the coaches will come in and they'll have a list, two lists, and one is like the no list, and these are the plays we're not going to run, these are the plays we are going to run. And every once in a while, especially with a coach like Greg Roman, who used to love, I mean, like you think about a guy like that and a guy like Kevin Stefanski, they love to be innovative, right? This is the new thing in the league, and they got to stay young somehow, so they're like, hey, we're going to go in at halftime, we're going to do all this cool thing. They would put like two plays together in one, and they'd be like, listen, we like the front end of this, and we like the back end of this, so we're going to put it together, and this is what we're going to call it real quick. It's going to be the 90 series, and all of a sudden you're like trying to jot all these notes down, and you're like, wait, what are we doing? What the hell did he just say? We're <laughs> I gonna was just going to so- say, how do you, how Dude, do you digest you know, and process yeah. all this on the fly? Dude, it's incredible. They'll be like, we're going to put the front of zone and the back end of power. You're like, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> Wait, you want the guard to what? He's like, yeah, you're going to pull around. You're going to tag block. You're like, dude, I hate pulling. God, it sucks. I'll be honest with you, Booty. I, I played football in high school. Wasn't wasn't very good at it. But I was I was much better and liked playing on defensive line much more than offensive oh, line. So because easy. defensive line was like, know your gap, get in the gap, find the ball, follow the ball. That's it. That's all you yeah. have to know to be a defensive lineman. Offensive so linemen have so much stuff that they have to they have to digest and process 
and it can change on the fly in terms of who you should be blocking because of hot reads and everything else oh, that yeah. goes into oh. it. To, for, if somebody, first of all, it was tough enough just for me to remember my blocking assignment <laughs> just in, in in the limited playbook that we had in high school. If the coach started changing stuff and calling stuff on the fly, I would just be completely lost. Dude, it's tough. You know what the worst is? When you and the center see things differently, and he's like, hey, scoop. And you're like, hey. He's like, I said scoop. You're like, I said hey. And he's, and dude, you're fighting because he's like, he's basically saying he's a tilted shade. And you're basically like, no, nah, dude, he's a two-eye. And he's like, no, it's a tilted shade. And then all of a sudden, you guys are fighting about the calls. D. Lyman's like, hey, guys, it's zone away. I know because they're fighting. Like, Damn it. Gave it away. It's terrible. So, so this would be hard to do, right? Right? This is not a, no. is it, how how often would you say this is happening on an NFL side? Like maybe once over the course of a season? Yeah, maybe once, twice, three times. Uh, not a lot. I mean, for the most part, they're they're pretty on it. When it comes to the game plan, like you said, sometimes when you have to burn stuff early, like when you're using all your two-minute plays early on, eventually the defense is going to read onto it, the calls, the signals, the names, and all of a sudden they know what you're running and they know the routes. So you're right, you got to keep changing things up. So it, it it's very rare, though, that you have to go two-minute or hurry up right out of halftime. You know, I mean, there's not a lot of games where that's happening. So things like this don't happen like that that much. Okay, when, when I read this article, I was further impressed by Kevin Stefanski and, and his prowess, his, his, his mind, his offensive yes. mind. His brain. And I got to mm-hmm. think that the word of Kevin Stefanski is spreading around the league as as teams start to look for their next head coach and start thinking about who that next head coach would be. Would you agree yes. that that's that he's going to be a candidate if if they continue to have the success on the offensive side of the football that they have? Yeah, it's it's funny you say that. We were talking about that on Tuesday. And what you know, where's Stefanski going to go? You know, where's there going to be open things like that? And, and before we go any farther, my thing was I hope Kevin stays here. I hope he doesn't leave. Okay, and I have a way to keep him here. I know you do, and I love it. I have a way to keep him here, Alex Boone, because I've discussed, and I'm sure you've discussed with Matthew Collar a few times, as this season has developed and unfolded the way that it's developed and unfolded, that this suddenly went from being a defensive team to being an offensive football team. And Mike Zimmer, I don't think I need to tell most people listening to this, but I'll tell you anyways, is a defensive head coach. That's his specialty. He was a defensive coordinator his whole career and a brilliant defensive mind at that. But he's also getting up there in years. And if this is turning from a defensive team into an offensive team, and that's your strength, that's your backbone as a football team, and folks come a-calling about Kevin Stefanski and a head coaching position in the offseason, if you're the Vikings and you don't want to lose Kevin Stefanski and you think you have a real good thing of Stefanski, Kubiak, and Kirk Cousins on the field... Do you consider saying it's been real, Mike Zimmer, but we're going to move in a new direction and hand the reins over to Kevin Stefanski as the head coach? Dude, it's 2020. I am not surprised by anything. I've seen Odell Beckham get traded. The best player in the NFL got traded to the like worst team again, still somehow. But yeah, I see it. And I see it because I see him as a young coach, as a rising coach. I see the offense gravitating towards him more. But my question becomes this for Mark and Ziggy Wilf. What's the risk versus reward, right? Like, say Kevin comes to you and he's like, hey, listen, I'm being pursued by these teams. I'm really considering leaving. What's to stop them from going, well, okay, it's Kubiak's offense anyways, and he's staying, so later. But I see the other side, too, where it's like, hey, 
you finally have the answer to the biggest question, like what is going on with this quarterback? you got this quarterback playing lights out, great football. He's doing things that even the greatest guys can't do. I mean, he rolls to his left, and we talk about this a lot, and people under, like appreciate how much a quarterback can roll to his left, but I don't. I love it. I think it's great. You've <laughs> opened up so much more of the offense now. Thank you for being able to just run to your left. So for me, it's like, man, he's done a lot of things with Kirk this year, and he's really made Kirk look good. Now, Kirk's done a lot of the work himself, almost all of it. He's taken all the hits. He's made all the throws. He's done all the great things. But, yes, I think the way that he's responding to Stefanski, or maybe it is Kubiak, who really knows who he's responding well to, the offense is rolling. A lot of it is through Dalvin, which it's like, man – some of the games are going to be won just because Delvin's going to run through people. And eventually the seasons wear on, you know, week 15, 16, 17. Teams that are out of it are like, dude, do we really want to get in the way of this guy? Mm-hmm. Like, we are not going to the playoffs. Am I really going to try and stop this freight train? Now, some guys, <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you, some guys get out on the field and they're like, man, I don't care. I'm here to ruin everybody's day. And those are the guys that I always enjoyed playing with. Right? Like, as an old lineman, you don't get to be like, do I want to stop today? You have to be like, I'm ready to go today. So you find the, the really tough games where you're like, man, we are 0-13 and, and this game's going to suck. You're like, you know what? I'm going to ruin their life today. We are just going to run power all day. We're going to try and knock them out of the playoffs. So you think... How many teams are they going to play down the stretch like that, right? Are the Bears maybe? Uh, they don't have Akeem Hicks, really. you got the Chargers going down there. Are they really going to be in the contention then? I mean, you're looking at this thing, and it's like, man, this offense really has done a really good job. And Zimmer's contract is up this year, so they really do have a tough decision to make. Like, hey, listen, we could roll with Stefanski from here on out and just make George Edwards the guy, and we can roll that way. Or Stefanski's probably going to leave, and we keep Mike, and then Kubiak officially becomes the OC. Or maybe his son Clint becomes the OC. You know, they, they, either, whatever they decide to do, they're covered either way. You know, I mean, George and, and Mike have been working together so long, I'm sure they could pick each other's brain easily. And then Kubiak and Stefanski, they're, well, they're running the same offense. They're probably just throwing stuff off of each other. Collar talks about this all the time, and it's Rami Makhlouf in for Matthew Collar along with Alex Boone on Purple Daily here on Score North, that if, if, you're, if you're the type of team that the Vikings were previous to this year, and that's a defensive type of football team, or like the Bears were last year, a defensive type of football team, you can win a Super Bowl that way. You can contend for a Super Bowl that way. But your window opens and closes real fast. Like in a matter of two or three years, you're going to see a defense start to decline because there are so many moving parts to that that need to keep running at an optimal level for the defense to stay that defense. The easiest way, the, the quickest and, and, and path of least resistance to contending for a Super Bowl is to have a high-powered offense and an MVP-level quarterback. That's just the easiest way to do it. And along those lines, Alex, I've always thought the best way to 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 build that type of environment and foster that type of environment is to find your quarterback you believe in, find an offensive mind that you believe in, make him the head coach so nobody can hire that guy away from you, attach them at the hip, and go until it runs out of steam or it runs out of magic. That's what the Packers did with Mike McCarthy. It's what the 49ers did time and time again with Bill Walsh and um, and Kevin Seifert and Joe yep. Montana and Steve Young. For me, that seems like the formula to sustain excellence and to sustain being relevant and being a contender. And the Vikings, they had that window close on them this year in terms of being a defensive team who can contend 
and it sort of just falls in their lap that now they can be this offensive football team, I think it'd be foolish to just turn a blind eye to that and say, no, we're going to keep doing things the way that we have with Mike Zimmer, the defensive mastermind, and a revolving door at offensive coordinator that's going to make Kirk Cousins' job just that much harder. You do have the consistency of Gary Kubiak if you if you get him to stick around, assuming he doesn't go with Stefanski to help him set up shop wherever he goes. You have that consistency, but I feel like if you can have a young offensive mind in Kevin Stefanski and you're sold on Kirk Cousins and you can sign both those guys up and attach them at the hip and roll forward, I think that's that's the most optimal way for this Vikings team to move into the future. I think they're looking in the rear view. If this continues and Kevin Stefanski is a hot commodity, they're looking in the rear view of how Mike Zimmer has done instead of looking ahead of them and through the windshield of what this team could be with an offensive mind like Kevin Stefanski seems to be. I agree. And I want to I want to say two things though. Number 1, I think a lot of the the problems that the defense has been having this year, a lot of the defenses in this league have been having. And it stems from and I want everybody to brace themselves. It stems from the fans. They wanted the replay. You guys wanted all this stuff. I want to be able to slow-mo the game. I want to be able to pause it and stop it and pause it and stop it. Dude, I don't care. It's a full-speed game. You either want to watch it or you don't. Okay, but now all of a sudden the refs have become a huge problem for defenses. Because if you're a cornerback, you can't even sniff around a receiver or else they're going to call you for P.I. I mean, this league has literally been torched. All the rules are officially out the window. Because you'll hear a commentator go, well, that's pass interference, but it's not egregious. Okay, so once again, there's a line in the sand. We know we've crossed it, but we're going to say, no, 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 no. The line's way down there now. Right. Dude. It's a bend-don't-break defense. I think that a lot of defensive coordinators are getting pitted with a lot of bad things. Now, there's a couple defenses right now that are just stellar. Obviously, the Patriots, Bill Belichick, give him his own wing at the Hall of Fame. Deserves every bit of it. You look at the Niners' defense, they've been rolling, but then all of a sudden you start playing these good teams with these good quarterbacks, and they find their tight windows because all of a sudden the defenses are getting pinned against good quarterbacks. They're like, hey, man, that's P.I. And the refs are like, you're right, that is P.I. This is a good quarterback (laughs) telling me it's P.I., so it must be P.I., right? Like, dude, this is not even football anymore. We have gone like, what is this? This is like flag touch? What are we playing? So for me, I don't necessarily look at this defense and go, man, Their window closed. I think every defense's window closed. Listen, if you're not absolutely on your P's and Q's for 60 minutes, you're going to get torched somewhere because they're going to start throwing flags. You're going to have to go to a zone. Then everything's going to break up. It's, It's just the way the league is, and it annoys the living hell out of me, and especially as a player because even as a player, you're like, man, just let the game go. But you're an offensive guy. I thought you'd like that. Dude, you know how many Make things picks? easier. They still for call your, guys on people. PI. They still call OPI. They're calling picks. <laughs> I mean, dude, the pick game has gone way down. I mean, oh, before yeah. these yeah. penalties, the picks were I mean, we used to watch them in the meetings like, God, I can't believe you guys got away with that. That's incredible. <laughs> you know, dude, G Ro, G Ro, Greg Roman used to have the greatest line. He would see it and he'd go, actor, not a tractor. I love it. <laughs> dude, it was all about the acting. And now, dude, you can't even let two receivers run by each other. I mean, you get in bunch formation, and it's like, man, one left, two left, three left. Like, it used to be everybody just goes. Yeah, because the eye in the sky is watching. And now everybody's watching. So the game's just kind of not as fun for me. It's like, God, you really just let these refs pick these guys apart. But for me also, I look at this and I say, you know what, man? This offense has been down for a while. And I mean, other than the year that Casey took them, it's just been a 
Everybody's tried to come in and fix it. And you're right. When you have a defensive-minded coach, they always want to go, dude, just run the ball, right? Because mm-hmm. they're always like, I want to play it safe. A good defensive coach has like three plays. He's never going to blitz you. He's always going to keep contained, and they know where their gaps are. So he, on offense, he's like, dude, just run the ball. Why are you throwing it? I want the opposing team to throw it. I don't want us to throw it. So when you have an offensive-minded coach, they're like, dude, I can't wait to torch this defense. Like, it just – everything flips, you know, and you're looking at it and you're like, man, maybe they are being held back a little bit. I wonder how much farther they could go. I wonder how many more plays they have. I wonder what else Kevin Stefanski has in that big black book of his, and I really kind of want to see it. And I don't – I don't. I mean, the defense isn't bad. It's got its no. flaws, specifically at the cornerback position. But I, I would say they went from being consistently a top-five defense over the last – handful of years under Mike Zimmer to being a top 10 defense, which is still good, but right. the the strength of this team now is the offense. Let's say they, they do what I'm saying maybe they should do, Alex, and Mike Zimmer is gone next year. How much of a drop-off is there if you keep one of, one of Zimmer's disciples around? I don't know who it would be, but you keep one of his assistants around and say, you run the defense, Kevin Stefanski is going to run the offense. Do you expect drop-off if, if Zimmer is, is shown the door? For sure. I always expect drop-off. I mean, no matter who the coach is, no matter what it is, you're always going to have a level of drop. Now, sometimes you might have the the team might rise up. I mean, you never know. You're looking at this, and sometimes coaches disagree with each other. You know, I'm sure George Edwards and Mike Zimmer have been down the road where he's like, hey, man, I want to go cover two over defense. And and all of a sudden, George is like, dude, I want to go all out. You know, you run into those... Hey, listen, I'm the boss. This is how we roll. All right, cool, fine. So you never know how it's going to go. You know, the, the big point for me was Chicago. When Vic left, everybody was like, dude, this defense is going to be stellar. They're going to be there built forever. Dude, the defensive coordinator leaving is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a whole new face. It's a whole new uh, aura. It's a whole new energy. You know, you're getting a whole new vibe from this guy. He wants to play guys in different positions. He wants to play a different defense. Hey, listen, I like to blitz a little more. Things change. Who knows if it's for the good or the bad? You're going to find out soon enough. The key is Mike leaving has nothing to do with the talent on the team. The talent is still there. They're still good players. I still think Xavier Rhodes is a good cornerback. He's just a physical cornerback. He's one of these guys that's like, dude, I like to be on top of you, blanketed around you all day. I want to push you. I want to see how tough you are. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And that's what I thought too, Boone, until I saw Cortland Sutton just pushing him off when Xavier Rhodes was trying to be physical last week. But then again, I think that maybe X is too scared. Like He's like, dude, I don't want to get called. Like Now all of a sudden, he's in his head. True, yeah. And you've taken a player who is naturally a great athlete and has tremendous skill, and you've put him in his own mind, which is the last place that an athlete ever wants to go. Everything should always be actionary or reactionary. I did this because you did this. It just happens. I don't know why I do it. Like, coaches say, why you do that? I don't know. Because he was going to hit me in the face. Like, what kind of a stupid question is that? Why would you block him from punching you? Because he was going to hit me in the face, you idiot. Like, all right, that's fair. That's a fair question. You know, like, you... And it's all of a sudden you're like, I guess I don't know why I did that. I guess it's just because that's how I am. And then all of a sudden they start changing you and you're in your mind and you're like, uh, you're then all of a sudden you're a step slower. And then all of a sudden you're just all over the place. That's a place that an athlete can never go. Booney, you brought up the, the rest of the Vikings schedule and, and we got about, I don't know, eight, eight, nine minutes left in the segment here. I wanted, I wanted to go over the remainder of their schedule with you in the bye week this week. And then they have Seattle, then they'll host the Lions, go to the Chargers, host the Packers, close out the season against the, uh, Chicago Bears on, uh, December 29th. What, what, if anything, scares you in the, in the remainder of the Vikings schedule as you look forward? I think there's really two games that scare me. And number one is Seattle. 
And Seattle is always going to scare me because whenever Russell Wilson takes the field, anything can happen. And I've seen it firsthand. I've seen it on one knee holding my helmet like, please, God, don't let them score right now. I mean, dude, I've done it all, like sitting on the bench holding your hand like, please, God, just fumble the ball one time. Never going to happen. The dude is incredible. But that, that scares me. And you know what else scares me? Jadavian Clowney. All of a sudden, somebody let this dude get going. Whoever that was, that was a big mistake because he had been kind of mum for a while. Like, hey, maybe I don't want to be the guy I think I am. And then all of a sudden on Monday night, he's like, dude, I am exactly who you thought I am. I can be a terror. That scares me. The other game would be the Packers game. Aaron Rodgers is another one. I don't care if he has no run game, no defense. He can still put the ball wherever he wants. And for some reason, that scares me. When I look at the schedule, and I I do think the Vikings have at least – three wins left on the schedule out of the five games that they've played. But I really do think, and it kind of goes back to one thing you just you just brought up, Alex, which is Jadavion Clowney. I think all five of the remaining teams on their schedule are going to present a test for this Vikings team because of the play of their offensive line so far. I know the Chargers record isn't impressive. I know that the Lions record isn't impressive. I know the Bears record isn't impressive. And you're not battling for playoff spots with any of those football teams. But what those three teams do well, one of the few things those three teams do well, and I said this going into the Denver game, and people thought I was crazy, and that would be a blowout, but it's exactly what played out in the first half. Sometimes this isn't about the record or or the talent on paper. It's about matchups. All three of those teams that aren't scary on paper, they get after quarterbacks. And that offensive line will be tested by the Lions, Chargers, and Bears. And therefore, Kirk Cousins will be tested by the Lions, Chargers, and Bears because we've seen what happens to Kirk Cousins when he faces real pressure in the pocket. Agreed. And this last game, the first half, we kind of saw it, you know, patting the ball. And and the truth is, he's taking a lot of hits. And you're going to be playing some teams down the stretch, you're right, that have some good defensive lines. Listen, Chicago still has Khalil Mack. You still have to have an answer for that. I mean, you still – and it's it's it goes both ways. When I say a defense has to physically stop Dalvin Cook, that means that they have to physically show up and bring him to the ground. You can't just be like, Dalvin, we're going to tackle you today. He's going to be like, dude – I want to see you do it first. Okay? It's the same thing I'd like on the to other see you try. Right. It's yeah. the same thing on the other side now. Like you're like, hey, listen, you get some of these defenses, especially like a Mike Pettin defense that are just exotic, right? And we have Josh Klein who's kind of going through this concussion protocol, and I even feel for him because it's like, man, I think this is like number two for him on the year, and that's starting to get into scary territory where it's like, dude, it's your brain. Like, this is nothing we joke about. And once again, this is one of those subjects It's like, man, we can't ever play about that. So it's like Dakota Dozier going forward has kind of opened up a little bit of a door. You saw last against the Broncos, that interior lineman, Shelby Harris, mm-hmm. with like three sacks. Now, so I don't agree with all three of them. I think that maybe some of them were held, but it still doesn't matter. On film, a team has just now seen you getting picked apart. So now they're going to be like, guess who's getting all the twists this week? Guess who's getting picked this week? Guess who we're coming for this week? So for me, it's like, man, if you put some stuff out on film, going forward, these next teams are tough. And Seattle's in the hunt with you, and they are super pissed at the Niners, and they're ready to climb up there. And then you've got the Packers, who lead the division right now, and they're like, hey, listen, we've got to separate ourselves from the rest of the pack. You got the Bears, who by the end of the year are going to be so pissed that they're not in it, they're going to be gunning for everybody. And the same thing for the Chargers. So, yes, you have some really tough games coming up. When you look around the NFC, is the playoff picture set in your eyes? I mean, there no. might be some move, no. move, movement of position, but I don't know that anybody's going to drop out of the playoff picture that's currently in it. You know, I don't think that the, – the only thing that's – 
the Rams. I don't know what it is about Sean McVay, but he's one of these guys that can get his team up in a hurry. And it's just a quick spark that he needs. And you, you never know when it's going to come from a young coach like that. You know, he can all of a sudden get the team riled up and ready to go. Another one is Philly. I mean, to me, they, they have to do something this week. Cause if you don't, both those teams don't win this week, the playoff picture set. Cause the Vikings lead too far ahead of them. And if they lose this week, they're going to both be like two games out. And that's just a race that you don't even want to have to try and keep fighting. The Rams, I was thinking the same thing about the Rams just a couple of weeks ago, Alex, and I've watched them the last two weeks. And Sean McVay, I'm not taking anything away from Sean McVay. I think the offensive genius that we've seen from him before is is very, very real. But I think this just illustrates what taking one main cog out of that machine really can do to it. I don't think people really fear Todd Gurley anymore, and whether that's because of the knee and he's just not as effective as he was or the the reduction in his use and he's just not on the field as much as he was, you take that guy out and the threat uh, of, of Todd Gurley out, I think the same thing would happen to the Vikings if you took the threat of Dalvin Cook out. Now they're not scared of your running game and they can attack the quarterback that much more and what we're finding out about Jared Goff is what we say about Kirk Cousins and some other quarterbacks in this league. When everything is perfect around him, he looks great, especially when he has Sean McVay in his ear right up until that micro Microphone is turned off with 15 seconds left on the playbook. But if he has to try and figure anything out on his own or on the fly when the pressure is flying in his face, I don't think Jared Goff is a special quarterback. And I think that's being exposed. And I don't know how much Sean McVay can can do to 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 correct that without getting a Todd Gurley level running back again in that system. Well, first of all, you need to get an offensive line too. I mean, the old line is getting a That's little pretty bit, brutal, yeah. Right. I mean, they they're dealing with some injuries right now and as every team will find out, your depth will take you into the playoffs or it won't. But your GM better start working cuz they're going to find out. So for me, you're like, dude, everybody was comparing Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff. And I don't know why because this last game I saw the answer I was looking for. If you have no run game, what do the Vikings do? All of a sudden, the second half, they're like, here, we'll show you the formula. We're going to speed it up, and we're going to move Kirk a little bit more because then all of a sudden the safeties start moving even more. And then we're going to have Kirk roll to his left, and we're going to have a huge play from Diggs. And then all of a sudden we're going to have Kirk roll to the right, and we're going to have another huge play from Irv Smith. Like you just, Everything's lining up quickly. Keep their base on the field. Let the big guys have to keep running around. Don't let them sub. Let them keep going. And that's why you heard like they ran so many plays in the, this hurry-up offense that they eventually had to start making up new ones because eventually the defense is going to catch on to you and they're going to go, all right, we know exactly what plays are right now because you're yelling them on the field. So they're like, okay, that's the third time I've heard Pico. So now all of a sudden, what's this play? This is Pico. You know what I'm saying? Like they Eventually they figure it out. What was Pico? Dude, there was tons of names. We had... <laughs> We had 400 plays in Greg Roman's offense. What? It, it was. What? The, dude, it was the greatest offense you could have ever. How many we, How many different we, assignments do you have as an offensive lineman in a playbook with 400 calls? Dude, it was incredible. That's it was, insanity. It was, no, it was great. Because <laughs> you could look. And, and I, I may still have my playbook. I may be the only person that walked out with my playbook that year. Because I was like, this is one of the greatest playbooks. I could never let this go. And I'll, every now and then I'll go back and look at a few plays. And I'll just laugh. Because I'm like, I cannot believe that this dumbass play worked. And nobody fell for it. Like, it's incredible some of the things that Greg Roman could think of. See, and here I was thinking the only reason I'm not in the NFL is I'm not 6'4". No. If, oh, I, if I was 6'4", I'd just be eight inches taller sitting in this chair pretending I know what I'm talking about. It's incredible, some of the things. And that's why I'm excited to see the rest of you know, Stefanski's playbook because I know there's more in there. These coaches right now, I mean, when, you, when you're allowed to be vanilla and just run a 36 zone, 
my God, is that easy. When you don't have to start pulling out the F hides and the F wide. and the, Already confused. I know. Everybody's all over the place, right? And all of a sudden, you're like, dude, we're just basically beating people with simple plays. An ISO, a draw, a zone, and a power. That's all they've really run. Like They haven't really had to go exotic, change it up, go crazy, do anything like, oh, my God. Like, every now and then, they'll throw a little razzle-dazzle in there. But that's mostly to keep the backside end. Hey, is he still sinking in or is he holding? What's he doing? You know, That's to keep people honest. That's Alex Boone, and uh, you ready for some hot routes, Booney? You ready to do this? Wait. It's been a long time since I've been on hot routes. Like seriously, yeah, since I started hosting Score North Live daily, I haven't I haven't been on Purple Daily to do hot routes. So I'm very much looking forward to this. Jonathan has the questions locked and loaded. The questions you want answers to. It's hot routes. It's next on Purple Daily on 1500 ScoreNorth.com, the Score North mobile app. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.